Suspend your disbelief. Let yourself be led down a path into the world of the paranormal, where ghosts, shadow people, cryptids, aliens, and all things supernatural dominate. Immerse yourself in a dimension of ominous trepidation with your hosts, Dan, Danny, and Rachel. Welcome to the Phantom Faction Podcast. Welcome to this edition of Phantom Faction Podcast. I'm Danny. I'm Dan. And I'm Rachel. And uh, we're together once again here via Zoom. Got the uh, Spotify results for our podcast the other day. And um, yeah, it's amazing to uh, what we've come up with as far as number one listenership is in the United States, followed by Canada. And we have, uh, what did I say? Oh, the UK is number three. Not far behind, actually, Canada. So that's pretty good. And then we have Australia and Argentina as our top five. Argentina still in the top five. That's crazy. And then it said this year we picked up two new countries. And the top new countries were Japan and South Africa. Yeah, that's, that's very cool. So there's paranormal stuff happening or interest all over the world. Or maybe they've all listened to all the other podcasts and... (laughs) <laughs> because everybody's locked down with nothing to do. And, and, <laughs> and, they, and they finally got around to us. Yeah, it's like, who are these goofy guys, right? Yeah, but either way, that's pretty cool. And uh, if you're listening from Australia or Argentina or South Africa or Japan, send us a, an email or a yeah. message. Let us know how we're doing. And Australia kind of snuck in there last year just with a, a few listeners, and it certainly increased. So maybe those people got the word out. We have uh, on Instagram by the name of Paranormal Princess. Uh, all the way from uh, Colorado, we have Aaron McGray. McGarry. And, uh, Mc- oh, sorry, McGarry. <laughs> You're oh, fine. Right, now, now I can see it. And uh, she comes all the, like I said, all the way from Colorado, and and I am excited to talk to her because I was I, I was we were talking to her before. It was creeping her Instagram profile a little, <laughs> a little bit more, and uh, he does that. Yes. What Instagram's for, right? (laughs) That's what Instagram is for. And you've investigated some really cool places. It's been really, really cool. Like life-changing for me. (laughs) Now, one thing I also noticed, uh, and I had no idea the show even existed. Uh, Like I said, uh, off off air, uh, Canada and the United States and other countries, we all have different uh, programming on Netflix. But you're on a show called Haunted. And you said that, that this is kind of where it all began for you. Yeah, that's the story. That's so kind of the origin story. <laughs> was this a childhood home that you grew yes. up in? Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, why don't we start there and uh, we'll move along and we'll throw in some questions if we have. Definitely. I'm actually kind of excited that like this isn't necessarily just about haunted because a lot of times when I get contacted to do shows or like talk with people, that's like the main focus is haunted which is fine it's cool um it leaves a lot of questions but so it's it's nice to kind of have like a fresh <laughs> audience but um yeah so when I was do you want me just to start like with the yeah. story from the let's beginning? start at the beginning let her fly like you said it's, right. the, it's the origin story yeah <laughs> This is when the bat flew through the window and you decided to become Batwoman. And, you know, <laughs> now I'm got, a hero. No, got, got, got bit by the radioactive ghost. And, right? You need to put on a tiara, though, if you're going to be the paranormal princess. If we were, yeah, I should. I have one somewhere. I just moved into a house, though, so I don't know where a lot of things oh. are. <laughs> okay. All right. Fresh start. 
my mom and I lived together and my grandma lived up the street and my grandma got sick and my mom was sick. It was a whole thing. So we ended up moving into her home, which was my mom's childhood home. And that house was just insanely haunted. Like I don't, we never really knew why it was almost like there was some sort of portal there because like things would just come and go. Um, my mom grew up with singing ghosts, like you like, and they'd mimic voices. So they, you know, be like, you know, honey, I'm home. Mm -hmm. And nobody was home, but you heard it clear as day. Um, they would turn on the faucets in the bathroom in the middle of the night and they weren't bad. They were just like very pesky. I mean, you know, you don't want to get up out of bed and go turn off the bathtub. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, and I, I guess that was just sort of normal for my mom, but moving into that house for me was kind of a, a shock. I was probably, I think the show depicts it as around like eight or nine and it was somewhere between seven and nine. I don't remember the exact age. That's what happens. You know, when you get older, <laughs> you forget the details sometimes, mm-hmm. but um, yeah. And when, as soon as I moved in, uh, my grandpa passed away and I, would see him go down the stairs, like to where his uh, office slash like kind of man cave was. And I didn't think much of it. I'm like, Oh, there's Papa. But it's like, no, he was, he was dead. Like they called us from the hospital, like right after I saw him go down the stairs, which was kind of one of those like what the heck moments, I guess. Cause I was so young. It didn't really like click. And so it kind of was all super benign. Um, we had a ghost. I've talked about him on one other show, (laughs) his name, uh, according to someone that came to our house to try and like get rid of spirits. Um, his name was Jerome and he had passed away during world war two, but he didn't know he was dead. And he would like court my mom. He thought he was like, cause my mom would be in bed and she'd feel something come in and like press up against her, like, you know, spooning her which no thanks. (laughs) Great. If it's your husband, but not if it's like something you can't see. And I wouldn't call that courting. (laughs) (laughs) Right. But I mean, according to this lady, that's what he was doing. (laughs) Your, your, your poor mom had a uh, paranormal me too movement there. (laughs) You know, hashtag her too. Like for sure. It was super, I would imagine super creepy. She didn't tell me that part till I was like older you know, cause mm. I was too young to really understand like, oh, this ghost is trying to snuggle me or maybe, mm. I don't know what else I'm not going to make assumptions, but, <laughs> but then it kind of started to get like something came through that was just really not good. And that's kind of what uh haunted focus is on. They, we filmed for like 12 hours, of, like me telling the story in like great detail and they turned it into a 25 minute episode. <laughs> so like, they just focused on the, uh, the not so nice thing. I, I hate the word demon. I hate using the word demon because I think it gets tossed around too much, especially by like, you know, Zach Bagans and, you know, everything's demonic, everything's evil. Um, and in the show, if, if you ever, <laughs> they make it, make it look like the ice King from game of Thrones, <laughs> which didn't look like that. But um, yeah, that I would get scratched. I had what was almost like sleep paralysis, but I was awake. I was wide awake where I couldn't move. 
but I could see like a figure standing at the end of my bed. And it was just like pure terror. Like, I don't really even know how to explain the, like the feeling. It was awful. Could you you see this entity? Mm -hmm. And can you, like you said, they, they made it look like the ice King from game of Thrones, but can you describe what it looked like? It was like a black mass for the most part. Cause you, it would happen when I was like in my bed and I wasn't asleep, you know, I'd be reading my book or I'd uh, be on my little game boy. And it was just like, I'd be paralyzed. And it was like darker than the dark room. It, it was in the shape. It almost looked, I don't want to say hooded because that sounds so cliche, but it was like a very like vague outline of a person. And it was just so dark, like, like a solid. shadow person. Mm-hmm. And now, I never saw a face or anything, which I'm kind of glad. <laughs> did it try to interact with you? Did it say anything? Did it te- did it touch you, or just it just stood there and stared at you? A lot of time, most of the time, it was it would just stand there. It was like it was just so threatening. Like it didn't do anything or say anything, but the the feeling and the energy like from it was. Pretty, I think the only like really like close to evil thing I've ever encountered. Um, and I did have scratches. I never like, I would wake up with scratches on my back. And your, your and, mother ne- never experienced this in, in the same house? Uh, she eventually did. Um, for a long time, I would tell her what I was experiencing and I kind of got dismissed because she didn't know how to deal with like, I was so young. It's like, do you, do you play into this and tell the kid like, Oh yeah, ghosts are real. And kind of just like set it off. Or do you kind of just, Oh, it's your imagination. It's okay. You're just seeing things. And so it it kind of went that direction for a while until um, one day, I mean, and she knew it was haunted. She didn't know about this entity, but you know, all the other stuff she grew up with, but we were in the bathroom um, my grandma had this beautiful Roman bathroom in the, the basement and we let my ferrets out to like play in there and the door handle started shaking and we heard footsteps like coming down, like heavy, heavy footsteps coming down the stairs and no one else was in the house. And so like my mom at that point, since we were both there, she couldn't really like deny that anymore. <laughs> like, that's both of our imaginations, honey. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> so she eventually, like, we kind of talked about it. Um, but that that entity actually ended up following me around until very recently on and off, which was not the most pleasant. It would kind of always come around, you know, at, when things were tough or, like, there was a lot of emotional things going on or um, addiction problems around me. And it was really only until probably like 2018 that I was able to like, I haven't seen it since then. So now how, how many years, how many years did you actually tolerate this, this entity? Um, from the time I was eight or nine to 27. Wow. So quite a while. Quite a, but like it was on, it wasn't a constant thing. It would, it would just, I would always, I could feel it. Like I knew when it was going to show up, like I would, I just got this like overwhelming feeling of dread. And then usually within the week I would end up, you know, with scratches or I would end up seeing it in my room. 
Um, and was there ever a point where you said to your mom or whoever and said, listen, we've got to get somebody in here to try and remove this thing. Uh, you know, did you, did you take any steps towards like a medium coming, coming in or. When I was younger, we did have a medium uh, come to the house and you know, that's, she's the one that told us about the ghost named Jerome. And then she told me that my grandpa was there and my grandpa had actually stayed behind in that house to kind of watch over me and, you know, try and protect me from whatever it was. And then she got rid of the entity. Um, so she said, and it, it was peaceful for a while. And so we had kind of thought like, Oh, okay. Like, Finally, like we can, I can have some peace. And then it, um, over the years, it would just come back and go. And I, I never really asked for help again until more, like way more recently. Cause it sort of felt like since it didn't work nothing's going to work, I'm just going to have to deal with it kind of attitude. Mm-hmm. Did you is- find that, uh, that maybe it was more attacking you or appearing to you when you were more in your lowest of lows type of deal? Oh, Absolutely. Right. I thought I always thought it was like the way I picture it is like it, it was like a, a predator kind of circling waiting for that time mm-hmm. for me to be like very vulnerable. And it was able to I don't want to say feed off me again. That sounds so dramatic. But, you know, you put out energy. And I believe that a lot of spirits thrive on the energy that people put out. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And yep. so there was a lot of chaos in my life. A lot, a lot, a lot of chaos. So that was kind of like the perfect storm. I was a good food source. You were in this house. You finally moved out, obviously, and you haven't had this entity around in, in the past two years. Yeah, because um, I started working actually with a priestess, um, a pagan priestess, and she's helped me so much with just my spiritual path and um, different types of protection that that I do for myself and for my home. And so far, it's worked. I don't want to jinx it, but so far, mm. I've felt very free from it. I'm going to ask, I was going to mention this earlier before we started recording. Uh, do you think you have any attachments, human attachments right now? Uh, not right now, hopefully. <laughs> okay. Um, often, like if you go back and listen to some of our episodes, uh, we get visited quite a lot, um, especially by our, our uh, things that are attached to our guests. Uh, we had, uh, and we'll talk about this a little bit more later on. Uh, we talked to one of the the former tour guides at the Stanley Hotel. Ooh! And uh, cool. she she had an attachment with her that affected me the whole episode. Really? And, oh, and I was not myself. Uh, I was becoming angry. I like. I was, you know, I was messaging Danny and Rachel here and saying, like, you know, I wanted to like do things to this poor woman. And like just the, like this weird anger and everything else. And Rachel has been affected before on another episode. And the reason why I asked is earlier, uh, I, when I was having dinner, uh, I saw almost a full apparition of a man walk into my, from my living room into my dining area. And I could see his legs and half of his torso. And he was tall, uh, f- fairly average built. He had brown pants and like a dark sweater on. And, uh, you know, I've had things pop up in my house all the time because we, we do investigations as well. And, yeah. and you know, and it comes with the territory. <laughs> come, yes. Comes with the territory. And I thought the first thing that popped into my head is like, Oh, I wonder if this is attached to Aaron. 
you know, no, I'm so. pretty sure I don't. Cause we just, my, we just did a whole house uh, clearing when we moved in and put protection up on the home, but I have been on a lot of investigations recently. So <laughs> right. I've had things follow me before. <laughs> so you, so you grew up in this haunted home. You dealt with this malicious, dark, quote unquote, demonic type entity, but it certainly didn't uh, deter you from immersing yourself in more paranormal uh, activity. Because uh, I see you've you've been uh, you love uh, doing investigations at ghost towns. You've been to the Trans Allegheny uh, Asylum, uh, the Genoa Wonder Tower, which I've never heard of, but it looks pretty cool. Um, was it was it something that you thought? Well, are you like battling your own fears still, or is it something like you know what? This is part of my life, and I'm just gonna go with it and have some fun with it, and and uh, see what happens. Honestly, it's a little bit of, I mean, it initially started out, like I have a bookshelf over on the other side of my room. It's just full of different like books on poltergeists, like, you know, as scientific as you can get with this. Like, I think a big part of it for me is, you know, as I've gotten older, I still have the experiences, but they're not as like intense as when I was a kid. And so I'm just trying to figure out what the hell was it? Like what what was I experiencing? Was it real? Like, I know it was real, but like, I want it to like, to prove that. And so it's become just like a kind of an obsession to try and prove the paranormal to me and to other people. <laughs> and, right. and what does your mom think of uh, you continuing <laughs> to do this after growing up in that home? She, she does it with me. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So you she comes two- on investigations because my right. mom's very like intuitive, like she, again, I don't, but most, I don't believe in a lot of like psychic stuff all the time necessarily, but she's, she can go into a place and tell you what happened there without any idea. Wow. So your mom may, may have had a bit of a, a signal going when she was younger. And that's, that's what attracted a lot of these spirits to her and possibly you dad, as well. Her dad had it too. We, it's like a family gene that they joke mm. around about, but we, <laughs> and now that my mom and I live together, it's like when we've like, we put off a beacon is what it feels like. Right. I'm like, Hey, we can see you. Hey, come here. <laughs> so after, after growing up in this home, uh, did you join a paranormal team or did you put one together yourself? Um, I ended up joining one. I mean, it was, you know, a pretty long stretch of time in between. I, I joined a local team here in Colorado in 27, 16. And it just, that one didn't really work out for me super well. Um, and then in 2018, I joined up with Prism Colorado and they're a, such an awesome group of people. And that's how I've gotten to do so many like big investigations, like dream locations. <laughs> right. Well, can you, can you tell us some of your, your better stories from some of these locations? Yes. My favorite story ever. Um, so this last summer in June, we got in the car and there's eight of us. And we drove to West Virginia, which is a 24 hour car ride. (laughs) It was, that part was hard. (laughs) And we went to the Trans Allegheny, which that place is, I mean, just from a historical perspective and like an architectural perspective, it is incredible. Mm -hmm. This place Mm -hmm. is miles long of corridors. Like you can spend a whole weekend in there investigating and still not have enough time. Yeah. This, this place was meant to be haunted. Yeah. You know, you just look, you just look at it and said, 
you know, if it's not haunted, it's going to be. It was built to be haunted. And it was, I mean, what happened there is awful. It was like a, it started off as sort of like a mental hospital. And it, I think it housed like, don't quote me on the numbers, but it was like 700 or something. And then by the end, when it shut down, they had over 2,500 people stuffed in there. So people mm-hmm. were just being left in rooms together and there was tons of murder and lobotomies were performed there. Like, and probably a lot of stuff that's off record. That's not good. <laughs> yeah. Stuff we don't want to know about anyway. Yeah. It's, so. it's awful, but I mean, there's a lot of spirits there. And so we split up, which was great because we were so far away from each other. There was no like contamination, no anything. You were alone in this place at night. And we were in a room and we were all just kind of, we went on Instagram live for a little bit, which I think I still have up on my page too. If you guys ever want to check it out, there's some of the live videos and we were hearing things in the hallway. Like it sounded like people dropping like coins. I'm like, what is that? And so I'm out there looking and I was like, Hey, can you know, if that's someone out here, like a spirit, can you do that again? And immediately it happened right in front of me. I couldn't see it, but it like the noise was right in front of me. So I pulled a Zach Baggins and kind of like ran back in the room. <laughs> like, oh God, okay. That, that never actually works when you say, hey, can you do that again? Yeah. That like never works. <laughs> but then we all went out in the hallway from this room and set the camera on the floor. And we were like, hey, like we know someone was out here. Can you please come talk to us? And from the empty room that we were just in, like we know for... 150 million percent no one was in there we had the flashlight lid fly out of the room and hit one of our members in the shoulder and fall on the ground after she heard a noise behind us wow that was like i think for me the most because i'm always trying to like find a rational explanation and there was none (laughs) it was in her uh, holly's backpack and it just flew out of the room and hit us in the shoulder (laughs) How, how did everyone react to that? Were they kind of cool about it or was it like, Oh yeah. You know, we were all were... so excited. It was just that moment of like, we all looked at each other, like, so what just happened that, and then we like figured out and yeah. And then we were just super stoked about it all night, but it was mm-hmm. right after we turned our, our lives off. Of course. Of course. Of course. That happens to all of us. As soon as you take down your equipment, that's when stuff starts happening. Right. I feel like they do that so. on purpose sometimes. <laughs> Yep. Yeah, or, or it's to make skeptics out of everybody, right? You know, call us, <laughs> call us liars. <laughs> but so. you, I mean, you guys know, like when you've investigated it, it, it's hard because it's like, you know what you experienced, but you, that can't be used as proof. And that's like, ugh. <laughs> yeah, you know, you can never really definitively prove it, right? Mm-hmm. We know, we know that we know that it's real, but for the hardcore skeptics out there, it, you know, unless they actually experience it with you you're never going to change their minds. And even then, you know, we've been on investigations where we've taken like the curators of the museum with us, you know, and and, like the museum is hot, is like crazy. And we know that they've experienced things, but they just deny, deny, deny out of, (laughs) yeah, out of fear or, or whatever. But, uh, you know, then you experience something with them and you look at them and you're like, you know, you're, you're waiting for the response and then they're, you know, nothing. Yeah, it's like, oh no, that was a ghost. Like, oh, whatever. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they, they try to fluff it off. Mm-hmm. So I, I wonder, like, like I would love to go down to the Trans Allegheny. You know, uh, we were supposed to do uh, uh, Bobby Mackey's uh, Music World just before the COVID lockdowns and all this. And uh, I sometimes wonder if 
the ghosts and the entities after a while just get tired of people coming in and trying to talk to them all the time. That's my you theory. Because you, yeah. you can go to a haunted place that everyone's like, oh, this is the craziest place ever. It's so haunted. But when you have a team in there every single night. Yeah. I mean, if I was dead, I would get annoyed of people coming in being like, are you male or female? Yeah. When did you, you die? You know? Yeah. What's your name? <laughs> Can you show us a, show us a sign? It's like, <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I find, too, that, uh, you know, you always do your investigations seem like at night because it's a quieter time, you know, and stuff. But most of the time you can get more of a reaction when you're just doing a normal uh, thing. Like if you're visiting a restaurant, you might get. Uh, some information or or something uh, a sighting of a ghost or something um, but and I think that that's more or less going to happen quite a bit because like you said when you come in with the team it's almost like they disappear or but it's not in their normal routine they're not normally up at that time or you know it's, bothered <laughs> yeah exactly yeah you almost have to throw the, the ghosts a loop and do it do it during the day you know or Something you got to yeah. try something different to, to kind of draw their attention in, right? My husband was just asking me about that last night. He's like, "Do you have to investigate at night?" Because he doesn't—he's a complete skeptic. He doesn't believe in believe yeah, in oh, this. Really? <laughs> no, I'm always like, "Look at this evidence! Like, look what we caught!" And he's like, "It's interesting." And I'm like, <laughs> "Obviously, he doesn't go with you on these investigations." No, we're gonna when we go on our honeymoon eventually, when COVID allows us to in Ireland. I have some friends in Ireland that said they'll take us to like one of the really old haunted castles. Mm-hmm. So well, he was down for that because it's like Ireland. Just, just lock your husband in the basement for a night. And we'll see how we, you know, his tune changes <laughs> in the morning. <laughs> I told him I'm going to make him a believer before I die. That's my my goal. That's I'm going right. to prove it. <laughs> so, anything else from the Trans Allegheny? Oh, I mean, we caught. Well, at first, kind of going back to like it being quiet. We were after that. You know, that was right at the beginning of the night. So we were like hyped. We're like, it's going to be such a like a crazy night. And like, if this is how it's starting, but like overall, um, during the investigation, it was amazing. But we didn't have anything. We all had our own little experiences, but nothing else like super crazy happened. And we're like, we just drove 24 freaking hours to get here. Like, please <laughs> do something. Yeah. We caught a lot of stuff in post review, though. Like we caught so many clear voices on the deer cams that we had. And clearly none of us heard it like in person. Like we got we we're introducing ourselves saying like, oh, you know, my name's Aaron, Audrey. And then you hear a voice repeat back, Audrey. Mm-hmm. And we caught, um, we were leaving a room that we got nothing in and we had kind of just started talking and hanging out and we got up and then you hear, uh, come back to me as we're like walking out of the room. So we caught a lot of really cool stuff on the review, but like the, aside from like some cool experiences and a lot of footsteps, I, I was on Instagram live and I wandered off by myself, even though I wasn't supposed to, (laughs) I did. (laughs) <laughs> but you could hear footsteps and even people on my live were like, holy crap, like you can hear people walking. I'm like, it's wild, <laughs> but yeah, it was very, worth the trip. Yeah. It's a very cool place. And if anybody who's at all interested in the paranormal and watches any of the shows, I mean, it's been on every paranormal show you can think of, you know, and it will probably be highlighted again when the next show comes out. Um, Colorado, I, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, is known for its ghost towns. As a, a, a lot, a lot of the states, uh, especially Utah, Nevada, Arizona, um, can you tell us anything about some of your experiences out in the middle of nowhere? These at these uh, old mining 
institutions? Honestly, those are very peaceful places. Like I haven't had a lot of like paranormal type experiences at the actual ghost towns. Like a lot of them were like old mining towns and um, a couple of them, people literally just got up and left and like, that was that. And then the towns still like sit there and historical societies and stuff will take care of them. Um, That's a little bit more of just a fun hobby. I love old things and old buildings and just the idea that people actually lived in these towns with no electricity. (laughs) So those places I don't feel are super haunted, at least in my experience. Yeah. It might be more of a residual energy Mm -hmm. than, than an intelligent energy, right? Yeah. This Genoa wonder tower. What's, what's this place all about? Cause it looks creepy as hell on the pictures. It was super, super creepy. This, I went with my old team to this place. Unfortunately you can't get in there anymore, at least for the most part, because they changed ownership because the owner died. It was this little like rinky dink, like a road, like one of those weird places you stop on a road trip, like just super random, like see all six states. You can't see six states. It's not that tall. <laughs> <laughs> right. Bob's reptile house on the side of the. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. Um, it's like that. And the owner had lived there as well. And he had just died when we investigated there. So like his glasses were still sitting on the chair kind of thing. Like everything was untouched in the part where he lived and it has a ton of native American artifacts in their little museum and just all sorts of very like uncomfortable, like looking dolls. Hmm. (laughs) And I was a little skeptical, but uh, we heard, you know, someone running up the stairs. Like we were all sitting upstairs and there was like pounding up these, like it kind of circles up like very narrow And so it's, it was really kind of scary. And, um, cause we didn't know what was going on. We thought like a homeless person had like come in or teenagers had broken in and we had a full conversation with something there, um, with the K2 and there's no electricity in this place (laughs) at all. Right. And, you know, they were answering questions like they didn't, this, whoever was there didn't die there. They had died, um, down the road from there. It was a car accident. Like. It was very like accurate, which I guess you guys probably know too with like REM pods and K2s. Like you can get some answers sometimes, but not like over and over and over responding. Yeah, yeah it's very rare. And it's probably also just the feel of it because it's so old. And when you go up to the top, like I said, you can't see six states, but it's it's high enough and it's kind of rickety. And the, I like that place because teams aren't really allowed in there. And so it's not over investigated. Those are my favorite places. That's why I like homes are the best i love and you like breaking the law is that it well <laughs> someone on my old team was a police officer so he kind of like got he's, just, he's like oh we're all good <laughs> he knew people he got he knows the yeah. right people know that's I'll, I'll i never break in, in anywhere I'll, I'll keep us out of jail <laughs> <laughs> i'm too scared to break in anywhere i'm so anxious <laughs> what kind of uh, equipment uh other than k2 and of course you use, must use digital recorders and stuff anything um, else that you use yeah, we have, I mean, REM pods, we got the parabolic microphone. I mean, mm-hmm. as a collective team, we have a lot of the stuff like SLS, um, temperature guns, the ovulus, which honestly, for me, I, I like some of the equipment, mm-hmm. but I don't know how much I trust some of the equipment, like the ovulus. I'm like, like, I just, I don't know. I, I like the, the simple stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm the same way with the ovulus. I'm not too sure about that, but 
Um, it's fun, but like, I'm not going to drop $300 on one for myself when I don't know that it's not. But I think uh, K2, there's certainly you're picking up an energy. And like you said, there was no power to that place whatsoever, right? Mm-hmm. So you were getting an energy reading off of there. So it was either random electricity in the air or. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, And then your digital recorders, uh, when you were actually communicating, were you playing this back right away or or how how did that work? No, um, for that one, unfortunately, that was on a teammate's recorder and they took it home and never listened to it. That's that's part of why that team didn't work out for me super well. Um, They just it was more of a hobby for them than it was something they were super serious about. Mm-hmm. which great people. I, I love them all, but just, I wanted something a little more like, okay, like what's the point of the recorders if we're not going to listen to them? <laughs> yeah. Do you bring a, a psychic along at all or no? No, no. We have people on our team that are like more sensitive, right? Um, which I can appreciate. And I'm also, I can be sensitive, but I've kind of, I try not to be, I try and uh, be on the other side of that. So we have mm-hmm. people that are more skeptical and people that not skeptical is not the right word, but more like not feeling based. Right. And do you uh, find, I mean, obviously some of the places you've been to, you know, there's been on TV or you know, the research has basically been done, but uh, do you prefer going to a place where you really don't know too much about it and then yeah. connecting it later? I prefer to, I mean, I want to know like the basics of where I'm going. Um mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't want someone to feed me like there's a little girl here. And when you go in this room, she'll touch your hand. Like, yeah, because then I think that gets people all psyched out later on when they're in that room and they're like, oh, my God, I think something's touching my hand. And they're not lying, but they're so like. They believe it. And so Mm -hmm. I don't like that. And we've got a lot of places. uh, I'm sure you guys have ghost adventures over in Canada, right? Yep. (laughs) And. It, this kills me because I love Zach Bagans. I have an obsession with Zach Bagans. <laughs> <laughs> and to mu- much to everybody's disapproval on my team. But we actually went to the Phoenix Gold Mine here in Colorado. I don't know if you guys ever saw that episode. I've seen them all. <laughs> yeah, it was the one. And they were like, you know, um, I forget the, the guy's name. Ray. Yeah. Uncle Ray was a demonic. He was practicing witchcraft and summoning demons in the mine. And they like did this whole narrative on the show. And when we went there and we talked to the owner and the people that knew this poor guy that they portrayed as like this awful man summoning demons, like none of that was true. They were mm-hmm. up so upset that they, it was portrayed like that. And apparently this guy was like the nicest man who ended up dying from lung cancer and actually spent the last, you know, a few years of his life trying to teach kids not to smoke cigarettes. And somehow that crossed over into yep. warlock. That place is haunted, though. That place is super haunted. Mm-hmm. And you actually did an investigation there. Yeah, we okay. we caught my or I caught my best EVP that I've ever caught, and we were a hundred. They took us down into the winds, which was a hundred feet underground, which I don't think they were supposed to take us down there because we're not like certified miners. <laughs> but mm-hmm. but they let us, and yeah, I I caught a voice clear as day, just talking over the rest of us talking. What kind of mine is it? It's a, still an active gold mine. Oh, okay. What was the EVP? Um, it's just, it, it whispers and it says the devil whispers. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there's nothing evil there that I, I don't think it was just such a strange thing. Cause we actually weren't even instigating at that moment. They were just showing us. And I was like, well, I'll turn on my recorder because you know, why not? Had it in my hand and you can hear all of us talking about getting out of the winds mm-hmm. and the, and it's so clear. Like, it's not one of those, like, 
what is it saying? Like, I think there's a voice. No, there's a voice. (laughs) So as someone who has grown up basically in a haunted home and now investigates haunted locations, and you have had this, you know, this awful attachment before, how do you protect yourself now? And how do you keep things from following you home? And like, is there, is there any process that you go through or? Depends on the place. Um, most of the time, I mean, when you go to places like, you know, a mental hospital or a gold mine, I don't worry about things following me home from there usually because those are spirits. Like, I don't think they want to go anywhere. Like that's, they're in that mine. That's where they belong. That's where they want to be. Or they're in the, the hospital and maybe they don't want to be there, but I guess that's just, and I could be wrong. And, you know, someday I might eat my words, but you know, we've done some home investigations where I get a little more like, don't follow me home. So usually we, um, I, we have Sage Palo Santo. And if we're doing a house clearing, we have our whole arsenal. And I, I work with specific goddesses as a pagan to help give me protection. I have protection spells over my home, over my vehicle. I, I burn a lot of like sage in my home all the time anyway, and constantly try and clear things out. Uh, my priestess does uh, Reiki for me. So it's kind of just a little bit of everything from the arsenal to how the last time I had something follow me home was actually from Zach Bagan's museum. Oh, <laughs> nice. Yeah. Tell us about that place. That must be, I'd love to get in there. It, it's incredible. And like, I, I always tell people, like, even if you're not a fan of Zach Bagans and you think he's a jerk, whatever, the museum itself is incredible. And the stuff that he has there is so cool. I've been a couple times. And like the last time I went, I went by myself because um, I just went and visited uh, Nevada by myself. And I walked into the room where Peggy the doll is and he, he has a spirit box going. And in my head, I was like, I wonder if she remembers me. And then it said my name over the spirit box. And I was like, oh, oh. like I don't know who else heard that, but it's just. I didn't want to be like, guys, it said my name. It said my name, <laughs> but it definitely said it pretty clear. And I mean, he's got Dr. Kevorkian's van. Um, surprisingly, I didn't feel much in the Dybbuk box room because everybody's like, oh, the Dybbuk box. But right. it was the room with the stairs uh, from that house in um, Indiana. I felt like I was going to pass out and I was so heavy. Ugh. And what, what do you think you brought home with you? Well, I don't think it was anything too nasty. Um, it was just something that was hanging around for a while. Um, we had our, my mom and I were living in an apartment at the time and we had our dryer sheets jump from the dryer over to the washer. Nothing was on. They just, and we were both sitting on the porch like a few days later. And we, both of us at the same time saw this giant black, like mass, like fly at us. And we were like, Whoa, what was that? And then we did a house clearing and it went away, <laughs> but I think you should have kept the, the, the laundry ghost around as long as it's separated. Maybe he was trying to be helpful. <laughs> yeah, maybe, as long as it separated the darks from the whites, right? <laughs> so I don't own much white, but you know. <laughs> there you go. We had now, one what? ghost that we asked to scare our neighbors. I think it worked. Oh, really? You had a, yeah. you had a you had a Karen neighbor that you didn't didn't, didn't get along with, or? Yeah, two guys <laughs> lived above us that were just so awful. Okay. And you know, I was joking, and I was like. Hey, whatever spirits here, you should go mess with the people upstairs. And they got and then pretty, they got pretty quiet after that. Oh, they left. Yeah, he, the, the spirit was just gone. And, you know, later I actually became friends with those people. And they had mentioned like weird stuff happening in their apartment. I was like, oh, hmm. <laughs> interesting. interesting. Very interesting. You are the paranormal princess. You're, you're, <laughs> you're, you're commanding your minions to do your bidding. Just a little favor. I, if I was a ghost, I'd want to scare some people. Why not? Right. <laughs> 
I would say I'm going to haunt the Playboy Mansion when I die, but you know. Right, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Aaron, Colorado, you know, you don't have any of this on your Instagram, but it, it might be a thing for you because they seem to go hand in hand and it's a big passion for me. Uh, Colorado is known for its Sasquatch sightings. Any any uh, odd experiences out, out in the woods or have you had any, seen any UFOs? Not me personally, but my godfather, he is like very much into the uh, the sightings as well. And him and my godmother had an experience. They think that was a Sasquatch. They were having, they were hiking and there was pebbles just kind of being thrown at mm. them as they were hiking like the whole way. And you, they would hear like the a sliding of the rocks, like, you know, on gravel. She gets so excited every time we like walk through that area. She's like, this is, this is where it happened. And you got to have your recorder going for sure. Right. Yeah. I mean, I love that kind of stuff. I just haven't, I'm usually so immersed with ghosts and spirits that I don't get to spend a lot of time, you know, learning about UFOs and skinwalkers and all the the other cryptids, Mm -hmm. which is all fascinating. Now, now one thing we haven't got into yet on the show, and I've been, I've been looking for someone, you you might be able to steer me in the right direction. Uh, You mentioned being a pagan and you have, you have different goddesses that you call upon. Uh, Can you tell us a little bit more about that and how it ties into the paranormal? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I grew up Catholic, had the opposite effect. I mean, I always knew I was pagan in some sense. And for me, I've had experiences, I guess it's similar to like when Christians say Jesus came to them, but I have had Hecate and Arishkigal reach out to me, I guess. I know that sounds so silly, but like in, in meditation and spiritual form, and I, you know, do rituals for them. I leave offerings. I do whatever I can for them. And in return, I ask for protection and guidance and it has worked. And that has been the one thing that has worked to help get rid of that entity and to help if I have had things follow me home. Now, are these like connected to the earth somehow? Or are they to a, a, like elementals, nature, that sort of thing? Uh, uh, like Hakate is a Greek, it's in the Greek pantheon and Arishkigal is Mesopotamian. Okay. Um, but yeah, they're all goddesses of like the earth and the underworld. The underworld. That, <laughs> that, that makes everybody's hair go up on the back of their neck. Yeah, they automatically think that it's demonic or satanic, that sort of thing. So I, I guess, you know, I, I almost think that those uh, entities or elementals or earthbound energies, uh, I kind of think that traditionally uh, we are more connected to those than something you would read about in a book. In the sky. That, that, far yes, off. yes. Mm-hmm. Um, like I think, uh, Native Americans and First Nations, you know, Canadian uh, Aboriginals had the right idea about, you know, the earth and the air and the wind and the fire and, and you know, the energy, right? hundred percent. I think a lot of people focus too much on what's after, like what, what happens after we die. And like, in my opinion, the, the Christian God, but it's like, we have this earth and we have all the different elements and why are we not working with the earth and the beings mm-hmm. here? There is something to be said about going to hug a tree, right? I, I love hugging a good tree every once in a while. Because <laughs> you can, you can feel the energy come off of it. And in the rocks, some of the rocks are so oh, old. For sure. And that's, that's why we take our, 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 our shoes and socks off and ground ourselves in the grass and in the sand. And, you know, it does, you, you can feel it. It does make a difference. Incredible. And when, once you kind of like tune into that sort of thing. So, and I think, 
that goes hand in hand with the paranormal in the sense of like, it's the spirit. Uh, Aaron, what's, what's next for you as uh, the paranormal princess? We're actually going to Las Vegas uh, in two days to go to the Las Vegas paranormal para unity, I think. So ghost adventures, well, no, actually ghost adventures aren't break my heart. Ghost hunters, destination fear, pretty much any paranormal show you can think of. They're all going to be there. And everyone other than the guys who actually live in Las Vegas. Yeah, no, they were, they were announced and I, my heart just grew to a million times. I was so excited. And the day after that Zach Bagans was announced. You canceled. Yep. Yeah, so I'm, I'm heartbroken, but that'll be fun. And this summer we're looking at going to no Peming um, in uh, Minnesota, possibly the conjuring house. That's one that I'm like, I would go, but sure. Over investigated. <laughs> yeah. Like, like a lot of the places we mentioned. Yeah, Bobby, Bobby Mackey's and things like that. Well, maybe we'll have to get you up here and do some investigations. Right? I'm always down. I I travel already, for investigations, and you've already been to Big Bad London, Ontario, and there's lots. It's not of that far. Just fly into Detroit and drive on through. So That's right. I'm always Just, down. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, where can people connect with you if if they want to? Oh, uh, I mean, the best place is Instagram, Paranormal Princess Seven. The seven's only there because someone took my name already. Mm. Um, I'm working on transitioning my website right now with my blogs. Um, right now, it's still paranormalprincess.com. And Miss Rachel, sitting there quiet as usual, writing some stuff down. <laughs> were, were, you, were you picking up anything on uh, our paranormal princess here? Oh, I've got just a very little. I've been sitting here mostly sneezing. So sorry. I'm I'm glad well, I could put myself on mute because then you guys <laughs> don't have to listen to me. Keep your cooties to yourself. Right. I'm just a, <laughs> I'm a snotty mess. <laughs> you. Uh I I did write down very first off that you had a lot of uh protection around you in loving family, past and present. Um, I feel like your your past uh family members are almost protecting you as like I, I want to say gatekeepers. Um, you know, letting only the certain certain people through because I kept getting the word gate when uh, I was writing that down with that. Um, do you have uh, uh, like a new project or topic that you're kind of looking into, but you don't feel like you're acknowledged enough or have enough ed- um, education with it? So I was getting that popping up a lot too. A lot with my website. I'm trying to figure out how to like best to find a medium because I did a podcast by myself for a little bit and hated it because like I was by myself and it's really weird. <laughs> So I've been trying to figure out, I guess, the best medium for me to like make a name for myself. That's right. not like a TV show. I don't want to be Zach Bagans. I, w- I want to be the next like scholar. <laughs> um, my only advice with that is maybe the plans that you're focusing on slightly change them. And then that might gear you towards where you want to go. And just remember that you have already created a, a b- blueprint, we'll say, in this in this life, this realm, and you know your role in it. So never be less than who you are. Very sound advice. <laughs> All right. Aaron McGarry, not McGray. <laughs> McGray's a nice name. Prince, Paranormal <laughs> Princess 7 on Instagram. Go have a look at her Instagram. It's very cool. She's got a lot of cool pictures on there. Some cool little uh, clips from some of her investigations. Thank you so much for being on uh, Phantom Faction Podcast. And uh, we'll hopefully have you back on one of these days when you float across the room or you get kidnapped by aliens or Bigfoot. That'd be great. You guys have been great. And um, also check out Prism Colorado. That's my team. We post a lot of our evidence there. So awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you guys.
Phantom Faction Podcast, a podcast to educate, entertain, assist, and guide anyone involved or interested in the paranormal. To reach out to Phantom Faction, see our Facebook page or email us directly at phantomfaction at outlook.com.